Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. I'd like to ask you, if you would, to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to take up our study of God's Word at that uh, same location that we've been looking for some time. We've been looking at this passage of Scripture, and uh, we're going to look at how God expects us to live as He has told us all this time. We, we've been studying the first three chapters of Ephesians and understanding God's purpose plan and, and desire for the church. He's been sharing with us uh, God's, uh, the fact that God has changed us and is transforming us and creating within us a new creation. And we're going to look at, the, uh, look at uh, now, we're going to look in the last three chapters and how we should live that out. How are we to live out this new life that God has uh, blessed us with? We've talked about what it all looks like and how it all has come about. Now we're going to look at uh, in the last three chapters of this book how we are to live it out. And so we, we come to that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Let's look at that uh, passage of Scripture here uh, for just a moment. It says, I say th- uh, This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, and having the understanding darkened, being alienated from life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ... If so, be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him and uh, as the truth in Jesus, that ye put off the concerning of the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness." So we've been understanding that uh, that God is bringing us to an understanding of the new man. And uh, Paul here likens it to uh, being an individual who is basically uh, uh, has a... It, Paul likens it to a, an old suit, an old suit of clothing or an old uh, garment. And... Um, if you think about uh, your life as it was before you came to Christ, uh, it's, it was a, a life full of, of sinfulness, a, full, a life full of living an old lifestyle. And, uh, and we understand that when we come to know Christ, we're no longer the same, that we're no longer the way that we were. It's kind of like I heard one uh, a theologian put it. It's kind of like going to 
uh, a mission where uh, they help people that have been on Skid Row. You know, that place uh, where uh, people are, are destitute and they have, uh, just out in the elements and uh, they come in and they uh, come to the... Uh, uh, mission to help them get their lives in order and they go into this uh, uh, facility and they they don't want them to come in with all of their dirt and the filth and the, and the uh, lice and all the things that they've accumulated while they've been out in the world so uh, because it would just run rampant through the facility so what they would do is they'd have these uh, men come in and they would uh, uh, delice them. They would go into this shower facility and they would not only get clean of all the dirt and everything, but all the lice too. And uh, he says, you, you wouldn't expect those men to then put on their old clothes that they had on before they got all cleaned up. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want after you had gotten all the filth and all the muck, all the dirt and filth that you had uh, on you and, and put on those old clothes once again. It, it'd be kind of like uh, yesterday I, I worked in the yard and, and worked for hours cleaning up the yard and, and it's a dirty uh, uh, business of, of sweating in the sun and, and I, I do a lot of weed eating for my yard and so this, all the dirt and, and uh, uh, clippings fly up at me and get all over me and everything. It'd be senseless to come in after I'm done and to, uh, to get in the shower and get all cleaned up and then put on the same clothes I wore while I was out in the yard. It'd be silly to do that, wouldn't it? But it, And it's the same way when we are Christians, when we are changed by God and God transforms us and God makes us into a new creation to, to continue in the old lifestyle of the, of the things that we've done. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 Paul wrote, if any man is in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. We're not the same as we once were. We are recreated by God. We are changed and transformed. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, Paul puts it this way. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. We are, our old self is nailed up to the cross. Our old self is nailed on the cross with Christ. We die to that old self and we're a new living creation, a new self, a new person. The problem is, is that the new you simply has to put off the old way of living. The new you has to stop living like you're the old self. The problem is, is for a lot of people, they, they experience the new life in Christ, the, the changing and the transforming power of Christ in their life. Uh, uh, when we come to know Jesus Christ, one of the th uh, first things that, that happens as a new Christian that we've given our heart and life to Christ is that we ask God to cleanse us of all the sin that we have in our life, right? I mean, it'd be kind of senseless to, to ask Jesus into our heart and expect Him to live in the filth and the muck that, that we are in our old self. He comes in and He cleanses us and He changes us and recreates us and creates within us a new creation. But then when we, we just go back to the old way of living, we go back to the old way of life. It's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, my girls, when they were coming up, up they, they enjoyed a lot of different stories. And one of the stories that they loved uh, reading was Charlotte's Web. And, and of course, they have the cartoon and everything and everything. Uh, and the whole thing about Charlotte's Web is, is that Wilbur was being raised to go to the state fair. And, and as Wilbur got bigger and bigger and everything, and the time came close for him to, to go to the fair, what did they do? They, they washed him up and cleaned, cleaned, cleaned him up and everything and scrubbed him and got him all clean and smelling pretty and everything and, and all that. And it's kind of like what Christ does for us. He, he comes into us and makes us uh, clean and pure and holy and we're no longer the way that we once were, but we go back to like an old pig and go waller back in the mud after we've been cleansed up by... Jesus Christ, we keep living out in the mud and the muck after He's cleansed us. We need to get rid of the old smelly coat, get rid of the old filthy self. Romans chapter 7 verse 17 and Romans chapter 7 verse 20 says it is sin in me that we need to cast off. Uh, Colossians 3.1 says, If you be risen in Christ, seek the things above. Romans chapter 6 verse 13 says, Neither yield ye your uh, members as instruments of sin. So we're to, to cast off the old self, the old life, and the old things that, that are a part of our life. And part of the reason that Paul's writing this is that Ephesus was an epicenter of uh, degradation and, and just sinful living. It was a place in which uh, there, there was uh, many temples to foreign gods and, and Paul is trying to speak to these folks that are in the church there at Ephesus and they're, they're in just a, a, a sin city. They were just in a place in which there was just sinful living all around and all abound. And there were these temples to these uh, uh, foreign gods. And part of the, the process of, of worshiping of these foreign gods was that people would go to these temples and they would engage in all kinds of filthy living and filthy uh, lifestyles and uh, so uh, th- th- this just worship of, of Diana and, and these other gods was that uh, it was, it was a ma- all manner of, of sinful life and, and it was all in the name of worshiping these false gods. People would go there and they would, uh, uh, during, back during this time uh, uh, in which Paul lived, there wasn't, you know the bank of Pelham sitting out here for people to put their bank in, uh, their money in to keep safe. Uh, there wasn't a concept of banking, and so uh, for a large part of the time, uh, people saw the temples as like a bank because they would go put their money there, and no one would be uh, tempted to go and steal from it because of the fact that uh, they believed that these foreign gods were watching over their their wealth and and these temples were also a place of commerce there was a lot of uh, uh, things that were being sold and spent uh, uh, buying and and doing things that was involved in the worship of these foreign gods and so there was a lot of uh, corruption that was going on in these places and uh, then they had temple prostitutes that were a part of the worship there and 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 this was all done in the in the name of of worshiping these false gods and many of the writers from this period of time in which uh, they write about 
the life of that time to kind of corroborates what Paul is, is writing to the Ephesian church here. Uh, they said that all manner of, of evil things that would happen in these churches, in these temples to these foreign gods. And Paul is speaking to these people in the church in Ephesus and it was like they were the one speck of decency, the one speck of of wholesomeness, the one speck of of right living in the midst of all of this sinfulness. And Paul is trying to help them to understand that the things that they should not be engaged in and also help them to understand how their life needs to to be as a new creation of God. And so he's saying to them, look, you're not a part of that old lifestyle that's all around you, all the things that people are doing. And you know, that's part of the hardest challenge for us as Christians today, even today, is to continue to live in a sinful world as a new creation of God, as a, sin, uh, as a redeemed individual someone who has had their sins taken away. And and God doesn't want us to simply have our sins cleansed like cleaning that old pig one time, and that's supposed to last us forever. He understands that we live in a sinful world. And the draw is is for us to to be a part of that sinfulness. And and you you say to Wilbur, please, Wilbur, don't go back into the mud. If you just stay out of the mud, maybe you'll stay clean for a little while longer. Now, unfortunately, when we say that to other Christians, they don't take it as well as Wilbur took it. We tend to go back and waller in that mud and muck and everything. And Paul's trying to help us to understand how that we're to live. God and the Holy Spirit has influenced Paul to write these words to the church at Ephesus. And he says, first of all, he wants to share with us uh, the characteristics of the old walk. And remember, we, we talked about the, the lowly walk and the, and the way of, of living and, and humility and, and the way of living our life. And now he's, he's getting ready to put it into application. First of all, we need to understand what we don't do. The old characteristics is, uh, uh, in verse 17, I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. And what he's saying here is, uh, do not walk as other ethos walk, other ethnics walk, other people. He's saying, look, when you, are, when you become a Christian, you are not any longer... Of this world, it's like you've become a new species, a heavenly creation, a heavenly creature, living and walking in, amongst those who are still lost in sin. He says, uh, the these other people, uh, these these Gentiles, the and he's talking about those who are still captivated by sin. He said they walk in. Vanity. The first uh, characteristic, uh, there's four characteristics of the old walk. And he says, first of all, uh, self-centeredness. Vanity. It's basically useless thinking. It's an idea of, uh, if you've ever been around little children and you 
And one of the things that they love to do is to blow soap bubbles. You get a, a little bottle of bubbles, bubble soap, and you blow in it and make all these little bubbles. And they love chasing after those little bubbles. What do they accomplish when they do that, other than having a good time? They, do they, what happens when they reach out for that bubble? It just pops. It just, it just pops and there's nothing left. It, it's, uh, they, they chase after them and they try and grab hold of them. Can they ever cra- gasp, grasp them? No, because they pop. They just disappear. They vanish because all it is is a bubble, right? And this idea of vanity is like chasing bubbles. It, it's that which is empty. It, it's useless. It's futile. It's vain. What did Solomon say about vanity in the world? He says vanity is vanity. Everything is vanity. He's saying nothing in this world stands up to my relationship to God. And as the, part of the old characteristic of our old lifestyle is, is that uh, we tend to chase after those things that have no significance, no meaning. No real substance. We're, our, our whole life is centered around this self-centeredness of, of vanity. It's not just simply looking in the mirror and, and, and uh, admiring the image that we see in the mirror. Vanity is, is all about everything is for me. Everything is, is mine. And he says uh, uh, this this idea of vanity he says having the understanding darkened and being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them he says this this desire of chasing after the the old uh, the things of this world is 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 it's just useless it's empty it's 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 like chasing bubbles and Solomon said that as well it says everything in this life without God is nothingness is vanity he said the second thing that we need to be uh, wary of is this darkness and he says having the understanding darkened being uh, alienated from the life of God The old life is all about being separate from God. And if God is light and if all that is is God is, is the light of truth, then living outside of that relationship with God is to is to be blinded to the truth. And when you're blinded, you you're it's it's a life of darkness. And he says it's uh, this second characteristic is the old man is ignorant of the truth. It's, it's, it's being blinded by Satan to all the truth that is in God. We, we think about places in which we read about certain characters that, uh, that were blinded. With, and one of the, the, the uh, passages that for a long time I had difficulty with was, was when Moses was dealing with Pharaoh in Egypt before... Uh, God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. and I, I don't know about you, but if I'd seen all the water in my country turn to blood, I would have been uh, run screaming 
uh, to hide under the bed and say, whatever you want, just go, get out of here so that you can return everything to normal. I mean, water was the life's blood of, of their civilization. What made Egypt so powerful and so wonderful was the Nile River, the, the flooding that came each year and, and brought fertile soil to all the places in which they farmed. And the whole life, uh, the Nile itself was was considered a god to the Egyptian. That's why God uh, brought a plague upon it was so that God could say, look, I'm, I'm more powerful than your deity, the Nile River. You, be- you believe the Nile is your life's blood. I'll turn it to blood. And he turned every source of water, every source of... Uh, what's the most important thing in the desert? Water. And so he says, I'll turn all of it into blood so you can't drink any of it. And each time God tried to hammer home that He was more powerful than Pharaoh, more powerful than any god, it said the Bible said that Pharaoh hardened his heart. He turned away from God. He turned away from the message that God was having. And then eventually it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And I had such a hard time with that because it sounded like God wasn't giving Pharaoh an opportunity to to make a decision of his own. But what God was doing was basically showing the result of the condition that was already in Pharaoh's heart. His heart was already hardened. God just hardened him to the truth. It didn't allow him to see the truth. He blinded himself to the reality of God's presence and God's power. And when we blind ourselves to the truth, we live in darkness. The old man, the old self is not only self-centered and chasing after the vain things in the world, but we blind ourselves to the truth that is God and the truth that God desires for us to have a, a life in the light of His truth. So the old man, the old way of living is not only self-centered, it's not only uh, living in the ignorance of, of the truth and blinded, but it's also shameless. Look at verse 19. And being, uh, it says, who being past feelings have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. This feeling of being apathetic. It's past the feeling of, of having shame for the sinfulness. And what happens in the old self is, is that we sin and then we allow ourselves to get comfortable in that sin. We allow ourselves to, to say, you know, well, it's not so bad that I did this. It's not so bad that I'm doing these things. And then we take our sin a little bit further. Until and we take our sin a little bit further. Oh, you know, uh, when a young child goes with his mama to the grocery store and and steals a piece of candy or a piece of gum from the counter while his mama's not looking, if he's not set straight, then he'll think it's okay. So every time it goes in to the store. He thinks, well, I, I can get, uh, I got a little piece of candy. Next time I'll take two. 
It's that shamelessness. To the point later, he feels... He feels entitled to take whatever he desires. Entitled to to steal and not feeling the shame of of being caught when he's caught in his his theft and and not having that shame prevent him from going further. It it progresses and goes further and further and further to the point where he's sinning outright and doing much worse than just simply taking a small little piece of candy because we understand that if you don't correct a child at the point of taking something small and helping them to understand the significance of that, we all know that a child will begin to to think it's okay to take whatever they want and and start stealing from others and stealing for much more. It's that shamelessness of the sin. Not being ashamed of being caught. Not being ashamed of the sinful behavior. And What was happening in Ephesus was their shamelessness had become so much a part of their life that they, they continued to grow even more and more in their shameful living. Paul says this is part of the old self, the old lifestyle, the old way of thinking and the old way of, of living of walking in, in sinfulness. They, they're insensitive to their sin. They don't care about what they're doing and they, they don't see it for the wrong that it is. And lastly, the last thing, not only are they self-centered and lascivious, not only are they walking in darkness, not only are they uh, living a life that is shameless, but fourthly, they have a reprobate mind. Look Look what it says. Being, uh, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greed. They have a reprobate mind, a lascivious mind. That word lascivious there means a shameless wantonness. This is different from living a shameless life. This is undisciplined obscenity. This is going so far as to just going uh, beyond all understanding into a shameful life. A reprobate mind. This is going beyond understanding. Just mere sinfulness. It's a mind that contrives all sorts of filth and all sorts of wanton living. And so Paul says this, these are the characteristics of the old self. And he says, in essence, he says, but ye have but so learned Christ. He says, you, you've, you've heard and you've been exposed to Christ. You've, you've had your life changed. And he says, and if so... Be that you have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversations of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. So he says, look, you, you know what is right. When we, when we accept Christ into our heart, God gives us an understanding of right and wrong. He implants within us the Holy Spirit. He, he causes us to have what many people call a conscious 
to understand and know the truth of how we should live. Of understanding and knowing the light, the truth of what is shameful. And so what we'll look at next are the characteristics of the new life. But what he says here is, is when he says put off, that word there is, is like the word strip. Strip it away. Strip off the old garment, the old shameful life, all this stuff that, that used to be a part of your past. He says, leave it behind. What, what they do in that, that uh, uh, homeless shelter after they'd be deloused de- and cleaned up and, and not have any of the parasites on them anymore. They wouldn't put on the old clothes. They would burn those clothes because they were filled with lice and filled with vermin, filled with dirt and filth. (coughs) Give them a new set of clothes. That's what the Spirit of God does for us. Creates in us a new creation. We no longer live the filth in the filthy clothes of ourself in the past, but we've been given robes of righteousness, clean white robes, pure. The reason they were white was that it was an image of cleanliness, an image of purity brought by God. And we'll see what it is to live and how we live that life of purity, that life of cleanliness, that life of, of being changed and transformed next week. We'll understand what it means to live and to walk in a new way. But first of all, we've got to strip off the old self. Put away, put behind us the old habits of this world. Don't go running back to the old mud hole. But stay away from that filth and grime. Now that God has cleansed us and made us a new creation, He's redeeming us. Remember we... And we were instructed in the first three chapters that not only has God predestined us, but He is redeeming us. That's part of the redemption process. He's changed us from the inside out, and now we've got to take off all of the influences of this world, cast aside all those things. And that's why when we become a Christian, not only do we understand that we stop doing all the things that we used to do when we were in the midst of our sin, but we stop being around those old sinful influences. We stop hanging around in the mud. We stop doing all the things that used to be a part of our old self. Allow the new self to shine through the new creation that God has made us. You can't be a new creation of God and continue to do all the old things you used to do. Because God won't create you imperfect and full of sin. How did God create man in the garden? He was perfect. He was good. God's not going to look at a life full of sin and say, that's good, that's good. No, He'll create within us a new creation devoid of sin. We've got to just stay out of the mud hole so that that new self can shine through. Let's pray. Dear gracious Father, Lord, I pray that You'd help us to live according to Your desire.
living in the new walk, new life, living and walking in Your way, not allowing ourselves to be pulled back by the things of this world, but instead living our life, avoiding the things that would soil our life, soil ourselves, and pull us back into the old way of life. Lord, help us to have strength to live and to walk as You've called us to live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.